Hi, Dave Emery here. This is For the Record Program number 1251, Pandemics Incorporated Part 1. This is being recorded on June 29th of the year 2022. Before we get into the main body of the program, several advisories. Uh, although the link appears to be dysfunctional, I can't uh, encourage people strongly enough to use the comments that are put on the spitfirelist.com website, most of them by our brilliant contributing editor, Tara Frackle, that's P-T-E-R-R-A-F-R-A-C-T-Y-L, some by other intelligent listeners. Uh, there is way too much going on for me to cover in the one-hour program, uh, done every week, and so uh, please get in the habit of using the comments. I'm going to find out how people can uh, subscribe to those, because that link appears to be uh, dysfunctional at this point in time. Uh, also, uh, if you find that consuming for the record is the best way for, if you find that the podcasts of the best way for you to consume for the record and increasingly in our media landscape that is the case, then the sister station WFMU is podcasting for the record. Uh, there is a link to subscribe to the WFMU podcasts at the top of each written for the record program description and at the top of each food for thought article, both on the spitfirelist.com website. Uh, I could not, <laughs> you know, I said last week I could not be more pessimistic about our future than I, well, than I was then. Well, I'm even more pessimistic now. Uh, just There is some really devastating information that has come to light. And uh, increasingly, I think, uh, but, you know, the question is, why is this man laughing? Um, I, again, it comes from, uh, I think, one of my favorite quotes from Friedrich Nietzsche, the German philosopher, a joke is the epigram on the death of a feeling. And looking at what is going on, uh, a lot of feelings are dying. Uh, all of my life's work, everything basically that is on the SpitfireList.com website, my 43 years, close to 43 now, of written and audio material, plus the comments by Parafractal, plus a mini library of old anti-fascist books on easy-to-download PDF files. Those are all available on a 32-gigabyte flash drive. That is available for a very nominal tax-deductible fee, and it is an incredible value. Basically, everything I've done for uh, most of my life uh, is available on that flash drive. And I think that uh, people, this will sound incredibly corny, but as sentient beings, I think people have an obligation to save some documentary record of what has happened for future generations, and that is assuming there will be future generations, and I am not optimistic. Also, uh, to further inform, uh, I have begun a Patreon site, and in that site, and we now are going to have three one-hour talks per week. They are in a much more 
informal presentation than the For the Record broadcasts. And uh, those also are going to have unedited transcripts available as well. The software that turns the talks into transcripts is too cumbersome, so we'll simply offer those uh, as is. They may prove useful to listeners. Again, transcripts of the one hour, of the three one hour weekly talks. Also, I'm going to be going to be writing articles. These won't be like the written for the record descriptions uh, because of the pedantic format that I use. I turn each for the record program into a long article length description and uh, those descriptions are different. These will be uh, actual articles in a uh, formal expository writing format and those will be available as well. There is a link at the top of each written for the record description and also at the top of each food for thought post on the SpitfireList.com website. Now, to the subject material at hand. This is the first part of a program called Pandemics Incorporated, and that is my right term for a relationship that i become aware of. It involves, on the one hand, Metabiopa, that is a company that is uh, well, it's partnered, we'll, we'll talk more about Metabiota in a second. As we looked at in our last three programs, it began as a digital program to uh, forecast biological events, in particular diseases, pandemics, and so forth. Uh, some of the venture capital came from Google. It ultimately became a for-profit company. It is inextricably linked with the Defense Department, with EcoHealth Alliance, and with elements associated with biological warfare. Well, Metabiaba and Incutel, the venture capital company that uh, works primarily for, as uh, an extension of the CIA and also other intelligence services, they have partnered with Metabiaba and Munich Reinsurance Company. That is the largest reinsurance company in the world, something we talked about at some length in the original Uncle Sam and the Swastika broadcast done on May 23rd, 1980. And what the this uh, triumvirate is doing, what uh, Incutel, again, the CIA's venture capital arm, and Metabiaba and Munich Reinsurance are doing is offering pandemic insurance. Uh, that to companies, to municipalities, uh, to states, uh, to a lot of different entities. And we will talk about that. Uh, let's begin the discussion uh, by uh, taking a look at this article. This is actually a press release from IQT.org, that is in QTEL, from August 22nd of 70, of 2017, excuse me, wishful thinking. I hope we get to 7017. I'm not optimistic. But again, a press release from incutel.org's, uh, website from August 22nd of 2017. Munich Re and Incutel select Metabiaba to gain deeper insights into epidemic risk and global preparedness for infectious Diseases. Now, bear in mind at this point in time, uh, the pandemic hadn't happened. 
the subtitle to this, Metabiaba launches first commercial risk modeling platform and preparedness index to help insurers understand and underwrite epidemic risk. Today, Metabiaba, the pioneer in epidemic risk modeling, announced that two market innovators, Munich Reinsurance Company, the largest global reinsurer and leading expert on global risk solutions, and InQtel Incorporated, the strategic investor that accelerates the development of technologies to support the U.S. intelligence community, have signed strategic agreements with Metabiaba. The news comes as Metabiaba commercially launches the industry's first ever platform for estimating epidemic preparedness and risk, including the frequency, severity, duration, and cost of outbreaks. With a powerful combination of epidemic risk analytics, historical data, disease scenarios, and insights from public health analysts and global epidemiologists, Metabiotis platform is enabling the insurance industry to offer new epidemic insurance solutions by delivering capabilities that allow insurers to better understand and underwrite the risk. Uh, let's backtrack a little bit and let's learn a little more, let's, let's review rather about Metabiotis. Uh, we spoke about them and the uh, high-tech slash Google uh, origins of that company. Uh, we're going to recap some of the highlights from an article in the Daily Mail. That is a right-of-center British publication, and uh, this concerns information from Hunter Biden's laptop. The emails on it were verified by the Daily Mail. And again, as I've said before, this was, that laptop was secured by Team Trump, who uh, basically tar Team Biden. They were looking for, ooh, dirty, right, you know, porn, drugs, you name it. And apparently there is some of that allegedly on there, but there was a whole lot more. And if this information ever fully came out, it would it would do a whole lot more than tar Team Biden. It would send them to prison for the rest of their lives, and it would do the same thing for Team Trump, even though the, uh, the January 6th uh, investigation does not do that. The article again. Exclusive. Hunter Biden did secure millions in funding for U.S. contractor in Ukraine, specializing in deadly pathogen research, laptop emails reveal, raising more questions about the disgraced son of then-Vice President, this by Joff Boswell, from the Daily Mail of March 25th of 2022. Some highlights. The commander of the Russian Nuclear, Biological, and Chemical Protection Forces claimed there was a, quote, scheme of interaction between U.S. government agencies and Ukrainian biological objects, unquote, and pointed to, quote, financing of such activities by structures close to the current U.S. leadership, in particular the investment fund Rosemont Seneca, which is headed by Hunter Biden. Moscow's claim that Hunter Biden helped finance a U.S. military, quote, bioweapons, unquote, research program in Ukraine is at least partially true, according to new emails obtained exclusively by DailyMail.com. Emails from Hunter's abandoned laptop show he helped secure millions of dollars of funding from Metabiaba, a Department of Defense contractor specializing in research on pandemic-causing diseases that could be used as bioweapons. 
Metabiota has been an official partner of EcoHealth Alliance since 2014, according to its website. He, Mimi Horvath, also introduced Metabiota to an allegedly corrupt Ukrainian gas firm, Burisma, for a, quote, science project, unquote, involving high biosecurity level labs in Ukraine. And again, that company is controlled by Ihor Kolomoyskoy, a financier of the Azov military units, the controller in the television network that launched Volodymyr Zelensky's public persona, and also the chief financier of Zelensky's presidential campaign. Continuing, emails and defense Contract battle reviewed by DailyMail.com suggests that Hunter Biden had a prominent role in making sure Metabiaba was able to conduct its pathogen research just a few hundred miles from the border with Russia. Metabiaba has worked in Ukraine for Black and Veatch, a U.S. defense contractor with deep ties to military intelligence agencies, which built secure labs in Ukraine that analyzed killer diseases and bioweapons. Hunter was also particularly involved in Metabiotis operations in Ukraine. Hunter's pitches to investors claimed that they not only organized funding for the firm, they also helped to get, quote, new customers, unquote, including government agencies in case of Metabiotis. Again, they helped to get, um, really not one more time, Hunter was also particularly involved in Metabiotis operations in Ukraine. Hunter's pitches to investors claimed that they not only organized funding for the firm, they also helped it get, quote, new customers, unquote, including, quote, government agencies in case of Metabiopa. Former CIA officer Sam Fabis, F-A-W-D-I-S, who has reviewed emails on Hunter's laptop, told DailyMail.com that the offer to help assert Ukraine's independence was odd for a biotech executive. Then that was Metabiopa Vice President Mary Gutierrez. Quote, it raises the question, what is the real purpose of this venture? It's very odd, he said. Gutierrez had a leading role in Metabiotis Ukraine operations, meeting with other company executives and U.S. and Ukrainian military officials in October of 2016 to discuss, quote, cooperation in surveillance and prevention of deadly, dangerous, infectious diseases. It, actually, that's the wrong word. Uh, Gutierrez had a leading role in Metabiotis Ukraine operations, meeting with other company executives and U.S. and Ukrainian military officials in October of 2016 to discuss, quote, cooperation in surveillance and prevention of especially dangerous infectious diseases, including zoonotic diseases in Ukraine and neighboring countries, unquote. According to a 2016 report by the Science and Technology Center in Ukraine. Four days after Gutierrez's April 2014 email, Burisma executive Vadim Pozharsky wrote the Hunter revealing that the then vice president's son had pitched a, quote, science project, unquote, involving Burisma and Metabiata in Ukraine. As I understand, the Metabiata was a subcontract to principal contractor of the Department of Defense, Black and Beach. Fabus told DailyMail.com that the attempt to get Metabiopa to form a partnership with Burisma was a perplexing and worrying revelation. Quote, His father 
was the vice president of the United States and in charge of relations with Ukraine. So why was Hunter not only on the board of a suspect Ukrainian gas firm, but also hooked up with a company working on bioweapons research, Fattis said. Quote, the Department of Defense position is that this is pandemic early warming research. We don't know for sure that's all that was going on, unquote. Government spending records show that the Department of Defense awarded $18.4 million contract to Mepabayapa between February of 2014 and November of 2016 with $307,091 earmarked for, quote, Ukraine research projects, unquote. The U.S. Defense Threat Reduction Agency, or DTRA, also commissioned B&V to build a biological safety level 3 laboratory in Odessa, Ukraine in 2010, which, quote, provided enhanced equipment and training to effectively, safely, and securely identify especially dangerous pathogens, unquote, according to a company press release. Such labs are used to, quote, study infectious agents or toxins that may be transmitted through the air and cause potentially lethal infections, unquote, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services says. In another sign of the deep ties between Metabiata and the Department of Defense, Hunter's RSTP business partner Rob Walker said he would, quote, have a friend reach out to DOD on the down low in order to prove the company's bona fides to pop prospective investors Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley in October of 2014. Member also has close ties to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, or WIV, suspected to be the source of the COVID-19 outbreak. Uh, more on that in a bit. WIV was a hotspot for controversial gain-of-function research that can create super-strength viruses. Chinese scientists, parenthetically also U.S. scientists, performed gain-of-function research on coronaviruses at the WIV, working alongside a U.S.-backed organization, EcoHealth Alliance, that has since drawn intense scrutiny over its coronavirus research since the COVID-19 pandemic. Researchers from the Wuhan Institute, Metabiata, and EcoHealth Alliance published a study together in 2014 on infectious Diseases from Bats in China, which notes that tests were performed at the WIV. Shang Li Shi, the WIV director of the Center for Emerging Infectious Diseases, who became dubbed the Bat Lady for her central role in bat coronavirus research at the lab, was a contributor to the paper. Again, uh, by way of reviewing uh, something about Metabiopa in the article from Organic Consumers uh, Association uh, from April 22nd of this year, we took a look at the tech origins in many ways. Metabiopa, once called GVHI, was funded by high-tech and among its uh, features was pandemic or illness prediction using tech. So uh, that is something that is well worth noting. Now, uh, something else well worth noting uh, more about this. Now, bear in mind that what we now have 
We have Mebabiab, about which we just reviewed some. They are hooked up with Incutel, the CIA and, and, and intelligence community's venture capital arm, and they are hooked up with Munich Reinsurance, the largest reinsurance company in the world, uh, something we looked at in uh, Uncle Sam and the Swastika, something that is spoken about in the book Jane, uh, All Honorable Men by James Stuart Martin, and also talked about in Martin Borman, Nazi in Exile by Paul Manning. And they are offering pandemic insurance. Uh, a couple of items from a Vox article from January 28th of 2020. Now, this is right as the pandemic was beginning. This is by Rebecca Heilweil, H-E-I-L-W-E-I-L. How AI is baffling the coronavirus outbreak. And uh, it talks about Metabiota, and uh, after talking about a Canadian company, Blue Dot, which had uh, used AI to help uh, predict the uh, pandemic. Metabiota, like Blue Dot, uses natural methodology to begin the war hype. Similarly, the epidemic monitoring company Metabiota determined that Thailand, South Korea, Japan, and Taiwan had the highest risk of seeing the virus show up more than a week before cases in those countries were actually reported, partially by looking to flight data. Metabiota, like Blue Dot, uses natural language processing to evaluate online reports about a potential disease, and it's also working on developing the same technology for social media data. Mark Gallagher and Metabiota's Data Science Director, explains that online platforms and forums can also give an indication that there's a risk of an epidemic. Metabiaba also claims it can estimate the risk of a disease's spread causing social and political disruption based on information like an illness's symptoms, mortality rate, and the availability of treatment. For instance, now note this, for instance, at the time of this article's publication, again, late January of 2020, at the very beginning of the pandemic, Metabiota rated the risk of the novel coronavirus causing public anxiety as, quote, high, unquote, in the U.S. and China, but it rated this risk for the monkeypox virus in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, where there have been reported cases of that virus as medium. Unquote. More about monkeypox uh, in just a minute. This is the new uh, disease de jour, so to speak. Uh, last I checked, there may have been more cases, but there were a total of 200 cases experienced in the U.S. and 4,100 worldwide. That is not a lot of cases. It is a monkey variant on smallpox, and it has been found so far to uh, be spreading in human beings among gay males who have had multiple sex partners. That sounds uh, curiously like AIDS. For those of you who are old Jesus like I am, that is how AIDS was first discussed. Again, a mutated monkey virus that was spreading among gays with uh, multiple sex partners. So, uh, uh, like deja vu all over. But more about monkeypox in a little bit. It's hard to know just how accurate this rating system or the platform itself can be, but Gavilan says the company is working with the U.S. intelligence community and the Defense Department on issues related to the coronaviruses. 
This is part of Metabiota's work with Inkutel, the nonprofit venture firm associated with the Central Intelligence Agency. But government agencies aren't the only potential clients of these systems. Metabiota also advertises its platform to reinsurance companies. Reinsurance is essentially insurance for insurance companies that might want to manage the financial risks associated with a disease's potential spread. Well, note this, and uh, we're going to, be going to be spending a long time on an article from Wired Magazine from June 16th of 2020. That was a few months after this. Uh, they were already in, the, we were already, the world was already into the pandemic. It's by Evan Ratliff, R-A-T-L-I-F-F. We can pre- protect the economy from pandemics. Why didn't we? And it's about the Metabiota uh, link-up with Munich Reinsurance to provide uh, pandemic insurance. And in the very introduction after the second paragraph, uh, speaking of Nathan Wolf, more about him later, uh, that night Wolf told me he was forming a network of research outposts around the globe in hot spots where potentially devastating viruses were poised to make the jump. Cameroon, where HIV likely passed from chimpanzees into local hunters, the Democratic Republic of Congo, which had seen human outbreaks of monkeypox, uh, again, in many programs, including AFA-16, uh, many broadcasts we have spoken about. And some of the key uh, elements of that discussion were recapped in For the Record Program 1115. And the epidemiology of AIDS, as it has been officially uh, reported, uh, it, it again was first detected among gays in North America who had multiple sex partners. It was then allegedly traced to a, a steward uh, on a Scandinavian airline. I believe he was of uh, a Canadian uh, origin, and he supposed this super stupper, uh, Lee Harvey AIDS, as I call him, uh, spread AIDS all around. Well, that is just it, it, epidemiologically absurd that an African monkey virus mutated would be first detected among gays in North American cities does not compute. And again, that is discussed in Book of Record 1115, among others. But uh, note the following, and uh, this is from uh, the book A Higher Form of Killing by Robert Harris and Jeremy Paxman, published in soft cover by Hill and Wang. The two- 1982 edition has this. The 2002 edition left this out. But this is a quote from the 1969 congressional record. It is the uh, proposals for the defense budget by the House Appropriations Subcommittee for Fiscal Year 1969-70. And a Dr. MacArthur testified as follows. As long ago as, and, and his testimony will be in quotes, as long ago as 1962, 40 scientists were employed by the U.S. Army Biological Warfare Laboratories on full-time genetics research. Many others, it was said, appreciate the implications of genetics for their own work. The implications were made more specific that genetic engineering could solve one of the major disadvantages of biological warfare, that it is limited to diseases which occur naturally somewhere in the world. And then Dr. MacArthur was quoted, 
again, we're talking 1969 here, within the next five to ten years, it would probably be possible to make a new infective microorganism which could differ in certain important respects from any known disease-causing organisms. Most important of these is that it might be refractory to the immunological and therapeutic processes upon which we depend to maintain our relative freedom from infectious disease. Unquote. Then the authors add, the possibility that a super germ, unquote, may have been successfully produced in a laboratory somewhere in the world years in the years since that assessment was made is one which should not be too readily cast aside. That is practically the clinical definition of AIDS, only it is in a House Appropriations Subcommittee for the Defense of the Pentagon Budget for the coming fiscal year. That project did get funded. And by the way, AIDS, again, a mutated African monkey virus, has a feature in which uh, a, an allele that only is found in purebred Northern Europeans, the CCR5 Delta 32 allele, gives hereditary immunity to AIDS. It also gave hereditary immunity to the Black Death as well. That quote, by the way, is not in the 2000, the 2002 reissue or a republication of a higher form of killing. Again, the notion that basically the clinical definition of AIDS, which for all practical purposes this is, would be uh, both spoken about and ultimately that project uh, derived funding in 1969, and then lo and behold, just such a disease emerges, and the, uh, <laughs> uh, a few years later, he is asking an awful lot for coincidence. But now, again, you've got Methabiata, uh, and they talk about uh, monkeypox in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, already, we're hearing a lot about monkeypox. Again, there have been something like 4,100 cases worldwide, 200 in the U.S., spread an, an, an African... Monkey virus spreading among gays with multiple sex partners in the U.S., and it is creating uh, a lot of fear. Uh, there has been uh, a run on monkeypox vaccine. Uh, it is related to smallpox, and there has been the monkeypox, that is, uh, and there has been speculation that uh, the smallpox vaccine would afford immunity to it. I don't know. In all of this discussion and in the discussion uh, of uh, pandemics incorporated in programs to come, bear in mind the article that we used in many of the Oswald Institute of Virology programs. It comes from the British Guardian of June 19th of 2018, an article by Ian Sample, and it speaks about, quote, uh, talking about synthetic biology and CRISPR-9. Advances in the area mean that scientists now have the ability to recreate dangerous viruses from scratch, make harmful bacteria more deadly, and modify common microbes so that they can churn out lethal toxins once they enter the body. In the report, the scientists describe how synthetic biology, which gives researchers precision tools to manipulate living organisms, quote, enhances and expands, unquote, opportunities to create bioweapons. Today, the genetic code of almost any mammalian virus can be found online and synthesized. The technology to do this is available now, said Michael Imperiali. It requires some expertise, 
but it's something that's relatively easy to do, and that's why it tops the list. Analogous to a 3D printer, you, once you've got the genome sequence in online, you can just gin that mother right up, uh, or something, uh, a, a variant of that. Now, um, <laughs> again, the long article from the Wired magazine that will uh, occupy much of this program and the next. Again, uh, we can predict the economy from pandemics. Why didn't we? By Evan Ratliff from Wired magazine of June 16th of 2020. Talks about the partnership between uh, Metabiopa and Munich Reinsurance to provide uh, pandemic insurance. It does not talk about the partnership with Intel, the CIA, and the intelligence community's venture capital arm. But a couple of interesting aspects of this. Uh, now, pandemic insurance, obviously, is something that is in hot demand. Now, it was not in hot demand prior to the coronavirus uh, pandemic. Um, it is a difficult thing to insure because normally with events uh, against which insurers insure, it only happens locally and to X number of people. If uh, there is a storm or some sort of natural disaster like an earthquake, it happens in one place. It doesn't happen all over the world at the same time. However, a pandemic does. So a couple of things in that regard. They have learned what the business model has developed so that now Munich Reinsurance and a, an associated American insurance company called Marsh, M-A-R-S-H, just like uh, the Swamp, uh, they are offering tranches, in effect, of uh, the pandemic insurance to prospective buyers. And one of the companies, one of the types of companies that is lining up at the trough, so to speak, are pension funds, which is very interesting because... Uh, pension funds uh, lose a lot of money if the people who are putting their money in the funds live a long time after retirement. If, however, they don't live a long time after retirement, and uh, in the coronavirus pandemic, uh, at the beginning of this year, one in every 100 Americans aged 65 or over had died in the coronavirus pandemic. If pension funds customers, if they're uh, the pensioners whose funds are in their uh, insurance fund, uh, basically the pension fund, uh, if they don't live a long time, if they die relatively young, then the pension fund makes money. Now, uh, a couple things in this regard. One of the things, uh, the I'm jumping ahead, but in, in the Munich Reinsurance uh, Metabiopa Alliance, very few people had been interested in the pandemic insurance because it was a one in a hundred years event. It hadn't happened since the influenza epidemic of 1918. In 1997, in Fourth Record 55, we noted that scientists from the Army Medical Research Institute of Infectious Diseases at Fort Detrick had recovered the genome of the uh, 1918 influenza virus. And by 2005, as we've looked at in numerous programs, it had been reconstructed from scratch. Again, note that article uh, from The Guardian 6, 1918 by Ian Sample. 
after the coronavirus pandemic, now a lot of people are interested in pandemic insurance. So that created uh, a potential market for this pandemic insurance. And uh, we would note in that regard that one of the factors in the business model is fear. And that is something that can be uh, predicted, unquote, by Metabiaba. Uh, and uh, skipping down in this Wired Magazine article, as sophisticated as Metabiotis' system was, however, it would need to be even more refined to incorporate into an insurance policy. The model would need to capture something much more difficult to quantify than historical deaths and the medical stockpiles. Fear. The economic consequences of a scourge, the historical data showed, were as much a result of a society's response as they were to the virus itself. The group started building what became known as the Sentiment Index. Ben Oppenheim, head of the product team, and a political scientist had studied the work of Paul Slovic, S-L-O-V-I-C, a University of Oregon psychology professor who studied how human beings perceive and respond to risk. Inspired by Slovic's data-driven approach, they gathered their own information from around the world on how much various symptoms frighten people. And they noted in the sentiment index, uh, uh, skipping down. The sentiment index was built to be, as Oppenheim put it, a catalog of dread. And skipping down. Measures, uh, and, uh, uh, measures that decreased person-to-person contact, including social distancing, quarantine, and so school closures, had the greatest cost per death prevented, most likely because of the amount of economic disruption caused by these measures, they wrote in the 2018 paper. And something else that is noted here. Uh, <laughs> and that is, and now bear in mind again that in addition to uh, being funded by uh, tech, Google, etc., it is also uh, partnered with Metabio- or with, with EcoHealth Alliance. Uh, a chief funder is Pentagon. Uh, Pentagon money is channeled to Metabiaba as well as is Imputel slash intelligence community money. But uh, note the following. And uh, this is at the very beginning of the uh, epidemic at the tail end of 2019. And Ms. Madhav, uh, one of the top people with uh, Metabiata, was in Portland, Oregon. And note the following. Now, bear in mind that, again, uh, since 2014, Metabiata is partnered with EcoHealth Alliance. And EcoHealth Alliance is helping to finance the game-of-function manipulations on bat-borne coronaviruses, uh, some of them at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and also related research at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Obviously, those experiments and publications led to the sequencing of genomes of the relevant viruses, and those were in publications and in the databases of the WIV. And then... When the pandemic broke out, uh, the finger was pointed saying, look at the similarity between the viruses they were working on and this virus. You know, it must have come from that laboratory. That is why I call the WIV, the Oswald Institute of Virology. But bear in mind that Metabiata is partnered with EcoHealth Alliance in financing this research. 
And skipping down in this article, guess what? Just two years earlier, this would have been in the very late 2017 or 2018, just two years earlier, Metabiaba had run a large set of scenarios forecasting the consequences of a novel coronavirus spreading around the globe. That is exactly what happened, of course. And we should note that Metabiaba was partnered with EcoHealth Alliance in financing the game of function on these very kinds of viruses. And then when the sequences, the genomic sequences were published, they could be ginned up and distributed from that, uh, basically in that regard. Uh, so note the fear factor in all of this and note the intelligence community uh, link to the Munich Reinsurance and Metabiota link, again, the InQtel financing of same. Uh, note the fear factor as a business tool because the more afraid people are, the more willing they're going to be to lay out or shell out for pandemic insurance. Again, there wasn't much of a market prior to this, to COVID-19. Now there are a lot of interests uh, that are uh, sniffing, uh, basically uh, uh, dipping their toe into the pandemic reinsurance waters, in particular pension funds. My guess is that Big Pharma will be getting involved with this in a big way as well because they stand the game just like pension funds from pandemics. And uh, we will talk, we'll review some of the information about Munich reinsurance. Uh, that's why this is old home week. Way back in 1980, uh, in Uncle Sam and the Swastika, recapped in 2005 and for the record 511, we spoke about Munich reinsurance and their links with the Swiss reinsurance pool and uh, their uh, connections to key industrial espionage that was uh, put into effect against Allied shipping in World War II. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens with the monkeypox virus. Uh, again, so far, 4,100 cases worldwide, not uh, a lot of cases, 200 in the U.S., and it appears to be, again, uh, it is a variant on the smallpox. It is an African monkey virus that is spreading among gays who have large numbers of sexual partners. Again, uh, 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 something of a deja vu all over again for the beginning of the AIDS epidemic. It remains to be seen how much the fear factor uh, becomes a sales tool for this Mepobiaba Incutel Munich Reinsurance Alliance. Because again, fear is a major marketing factor. And bear in mind that uh, prior to COVID-19, there wasn't that much market for pandemic reinsurance. Now there is, and in uh, late 2017 or 2018, uh, Metabiaba uh, was running a study, what would happen if a novel coronavirus spread around the world at the same time as they were partnered with EcoHealth Alliance that was creating just such things with their game of function research, both at WIV and in North Carolina. I realize this is a lot to absorb at one sitting, so we're going to uh, delve into the long Wired magazine article. We will continue uh, with this in part two. 
Again, from Wired Magazine, June 16th of 2020. We can protect the economy from pandemics. Why didn't we? By Evan Ratliff. Again, this is uh, a few months into the pandemic, June of 2020. Quote, It's really a 100-year thing, Nathan Wolf said. It was 2006, and Wolf, then a 36-year-old virologist with an unruly mess of curly hair, was sitting across a table from me at a bustling restaurant at Yaoundé, the capital of Cameroon. An epidemiology professor at UCLA, he had been living in West Africa for six years, establishing a research center to identify and study viruses as they crossed from wild as they crossed over from wild animals into humans. That night, Wolf told me he was forming a network of research outposts around the globe in hot spots where potentially devastating viruses were paused to make the jump. Cameroon, where HIV likely passed from chimpanzees into local hunters. By the way, we've done programs with Ed Haslam uh, talking about the extremely uh, skewed, uh, quote, jump from chimpanzees into humans. These are the uh, HIV. Uh, look up uh, chimpanzees and some of our talks with Ed Haslam, the heroic author of Mary Ferry and the Monkey Virus, a paper called Dr. Mary's Monkey, in a re-edition, and there is good discussion of the uh, alleged jump from chimpanzees to humans. You're just <laughs> extremely skeptical. Uh, uh, very unlikely, let's put it that way. We, we speak about the uh, interesting heritage of that theory in those talks with Ed Haslam one more time. That night, Wolf told me he was forming a network of research outposts around the globe in hot spots where potentially devastating viruses were paused to make the jump. Cameroon, where HIV likely passed from chimpanzees into local hunters, the Democratic Republic of Congo, which had seen human outbreaks of monkeypox, Malaysia, home to a 1998 emergence of the NIPA virus, and China, where SARS-CoV had crossed over likely from bats in 2002. Wolf's hope was that by understanding what he called the viral chatter unquote of such places, it would be possible not only to react more quickly to outbreaks, but to forecast their arrival and stop them before they spread. The 100-year thing he was thinking about was a global pandemic and how history would judge humanity's efforts to prepare for it. His biggest fear, he said, was a virus unknown to human immune defenses, starting a human-to-human transmission chain that would encircle the globe. It's just exactly that thing happened a few years later. As we knocked back the Cameroonian beers and talked between sets of a local band, he admitted his project could fail. Quote, it could be that we look at this and it's stochastic, S-T-O-C-H-A-S-T-I-C, you can't predict it, he said, or it could be that we are on the edge of a paradigm shift, unquote. The ultimate question, Wolf added, was, quote, will people look back and you say you did a good job of responding to epidemics, but you didn't do anything to prevent them, unquote. The 100-year notion so captivated me that I used it as the last line of a story I wrote in 2007 in this magazine. Thirteen years later, as the SARS-CoV-2 virus burned across the globe this March, it appeared that the 100-year judgment has arrived. But Wolf was the Cassandra I'd known, had arrived, excuse me, skipping down, 
speaking of woke. His new preoccupation, he told me, was pandemic insurance. Again, partner not just with Munich Reinsurance, but with uh, Intutel, the uh, venture capital arm of the CIA and the intelligence community. His new preoccupation, he told me, was pandemic insurance. I'll confess this didn't immediately pique my interest. The word insurance invokes in me feelings of plebeian and loathing. Like many Americans, my personal interface with the industry has, let's just say, been less than positive. But then Wolf began to explain the unexpected direction his career had taken. After years of thinking about epidemics in terms of the symptomatic and the dead, he'd begun considering their economic ramifications. A global pandemic and the steps we would take to stop it would mean business closings, layoffs, and mass unemployment. Preparing to face an outbreak, he'd come to believe, required anticipating those impacts. This was where insurance came in, specifically a kind of pandemic insurance policy for businesses and perhaps even for countries that would play out as soon as epidemic beginning again. This was where insurance came in, specifically a kind of pandemic insurance policy for businesses and perhaps even for countries that would pay out as soon as an epidemic reached a certain threshold. In 2015, Metabiaba had partnered with German reinsurance giant Munich Re and American insurance brokerage Marsh to develop and sell a policy specifically to guard, to guard large businesses against pandemics to stanch the financial losses and keep them afloat. They'd launched it in mid-2018, a year and a half before the first COVID-19 cases appeared in China. And I would note that the uh, partner with EcoHealth Alliance uh, was financing the game of function on those very same viruses. And Metabiaba, as we looked at in this same time period, ran a scenario where a no novel coronavirus spreads around the world. Again, that's what happened. Continuing. My sense of PVM evaporated. As Wolf and I were talking, a total economic lockdown was in place, with millions of jobs disappearing by the week and lines at food pantries stretching by the hour. And here he was saying that he had come up with a kind of financial vaccine for exactly this scenario, released not long before the worst pandemic in a century. It wouldn't stop the virus, of course, but it could help alleviate some of the misery that flowed from it. How must those CEOs feel, I wondered aloud, who had the foresight to buy the world's first pandemic business insurance? What a story they would have to tell. There was just one problem. Quote, by and large, we failed, unquote, Wolf said. Not because we didn't do the models well. We enabled the first business disruption insurance for pandemics, but nobody bought it, unquote. Now, of course, after the pandemic, people are interested. And again, do not lose sight of the fact that Metabiaba is partnered with EcoHealth Alliance when they're helping to finance and work on the manipulation of the viruses that caused it. Again, the whole uh, Oswald Institute of Virology scenario I've spoken about. And in 2018, they did a study 
about what would happen if a novel coronavirus spread around the world. In uh, October of 2019, there was event, 29, uh, event 201, which looked at what would happen if a coronavirus-caused pandemic rent the social, economic, and political fabric of every nation on Earth. That is just what happened and was already developing. And Abel Haynes, now the Director of National Intelligence, was a key participant in that event. Again, never lose sight of uh, the uh, Metabiota scenario in 2018 of a novel coronavirus spreading around the world. They are partnered with EcoHealth Alliance in basically uh, manipulating those viruses at that point, that point in time, both in the U.S. and at what I call the Oswald Institute of Virology. Uh, the key Munich reinsurance guy uh, is the gentleman we're about to talk about, a guy with the ironic name Gunther Kraut, K-R-A-U-T. Again, this is his real name, so uh, this is not some sort of ethnic slur. Skipping down. It was the life insurance quandary that first got Gunther Kraut thinking about pandemics nearly a decade ago. A mathematician by training, Kraut was working at Munich Reinsurance, one of the world's largest reinsurers. As it sounds, the reinsurance is as it sounds, reinsurance is the business of insuring insurers. The local and national insurance companies that you and I buy life or auto coverage from, the Geico's and all states of the world, need their own protection against rare but catastrophic events that might create enough claims to bankrupt them. Reinsurance companies provide that backstop on insurance for everything from homes and infrastructure projects to business losses and individual lives. Reinsurance is a staggeringly lucrative career. Munich Reinsurance had $56 billion in revenue and $3 billion in profit last year. The market is large enough that its perennial competitor Swiss Reinsurance took in $49 billion itself. Kraut, sandy-haired and still slightly boyish looking at 39, grew up near Munich where the eponymous company had dominated the economic landscape since its founding in 1880. He talks about the intricacies of underwriting with a friendly patience that implies he has done so countless times before, none of which has dimmed his passion. He gravitated toward math at university and he told me, quote, it's hard to study mathematics in Munich without ever learning about the existence of reinsurance companies, unquote. After completing his Ph.D. in risk management and insurance at Ludwig Maximilians University, he took a job as a quantitative analyst in Munich Re's life insurance division in 2007. Munich Re, a company built to absorb the risk of others, had a risk problem of its own, namely the possibility of a global pandemic. Insurance is essentially the business of, of quantifying risk and then smoothing it out. But for a worldwide outbreak, the math in its life insurance portfolio looked worrying even to Kraut and his colleagues who spent their careers pondering the darkest risks. In late 2011, Kraut's team decided to try to do something about it. Skipping down and talking about the uh, risk. Now, consider an auto insurer in Paris with the same problem. A fleet of cars, a predictable number of accidents, 
the threat of a one in 30 year hailstorm event. Herein lies the mathematical advantage of reinsurance. If Munich re-pledges to cover both companies against freakish hailstorms, quote, what we can assume of a high chance is there will be hailstorms in Paris, there will be hailstorms in Munich, but most likely they will not happen in the same year, Kraut said. That means Munich Re can set aside less money to prepare for a rare event. Even better, the more car insurers that Munich Re adds to its portfolio in more geographical, in more geographical regions, the more it can convert a rare and expensive risk into a predictable and cheaper one for itself. In insurance, it's called diversification. The more you, that you can spread the risk, the better for making it insurable, unquote, Kraut said. That's why reinsurance companies are global companies, unquote. The math applies to other insurance perils, as they're known. Earthquakes, floods, wildfires, and ordinary deaths most of the time. But therein lays the problem for Kraut, who was partly responsible for making sure the company's life insurance division didn't shoulder unsustainable risks. Local disease outbreaks were like the hailstorms of life insurance. Rare and devastating regional events that could be counted on to happen at different times in different locales. Quote, now you quickly see the problem with insuring, with insuring pandemic risk because a pandemic is by definition a global event, Kraut said. Imagine the hailstorm spreading from town to town across the globe in a cataclysmic chain. Quote, the whole concept of global diversification doesn't work out anymore, unquote. An outbreak on the scale of 1918 flu, 50 million dead worldwide, might be a 1 in 500 year risk and event way out of, on the tail of a probability curve. But a pandemic of that scale, even one considerably smaller, could not only overwhelm life insurance companies, but Munich Re, too. To tackle Munich Re's exposure, Kraut's team began attempting to quantify and price this incredibly remote, unpredictable risk. If they managed to do that, they would then need to sell part of that risk to find someone willing to reinsure, to insure the reinsurer. And uh, that is more than a little interesting. And we're going to uh, talk more about it again, talking about one of the people, uh, one of the interests that uh, was uh, sidling up to this. Mimicry would then provide them with annual payments year after year. In the rare event of a pandemic, they would have to cover Munich Re's losses. One interested class of investor, if a macabre one, was pension funds, which typically grapple with something called longevity risk. <laughs> uh, more about that. The chance that people will live longer than expected. Yep, that is a real tragedy, obviously. And now pension funds are really interested in uh, pandemic uh, insurance, and Munich Re is selling uh, trances to them, or at least uh, proposing to do that. However, we are all out of time. Uh, remember, in addition to parafactual comments, three one-hour talks per week with unedited transcripts uh, on the Patreon site. I'm also going to be writing some articles. This concludes for the record program number 1251, Pandemics Incorporated Part 1, being recorded on June 29th of 2022. I'm Dave Emery. Have fun.